Okay, well, good afternoon, everybody. I appreciate those of you who have joined us here. It seems like we are live on Facebook and our Zoom web webinar is live as well. Um, I'll give everybody just about 30 seconds or so to join in on the webinar. I appreciate those of you who are also joining us on Facebook or via social media today. Um, I'll go through some just really quick instructions here in a few moments about how you can ask a question. Uh, we're really excited Missouri Farm Bureau is to partner with the U.S. Small Business Administration to host today's webinar on the Paycheck Protection Program and the implications that the program has for Missouri's farmers and ranchers. Uh, we're really pleased today to be joined by Mike McWhorter, who is the Lead Lender Relations Specialist out of the Kansas City District Office for the U.S. Small Business Administration. Mike has a couple of members of his team here, so I will turn it over to him for introductions, and then we will go through how to ask a question before we get started. Mike? Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, again, I am Michael McWhorter. I am the Lead Lending Relations Specialist for the Kansas City District Office. The district covers half of Missouri, the west half of Missouri, and the east one-third of Kansas. We have about 89 counties in our district. Today joining me here with us is uh, Carolina Vargas. Uh, she is our Business Opportunity Specialist, which deals with 8A contracting, but she's agreed to come out here and help us a little bit and if we need help with some questions and stuff. Uh, looking forward to today's presentation, and I want to thank the Farm Bureau for hosting this event. And my one uh, thing is I hope you get a gold nugget out of this that you can take and uh, help you with the PP program because I know everybody needs some help uh, out there in the farming community and I really want to try to get the information out to you. So thank you, Spencer, and I'll turn it back over to you. Thanks so much, Mike. I know I'm really looking forward to the presentation and, and we had several members who indicated in advance that they were going to be joining us. Um, just a note for those of you who are watching, uh, we'll turn it over to Mike here in just a second to give a brief presentation on the Paycheck Protection Program, and then we will open it up for a live question and answer session. If you're joining today's conference via Zoom, uh, if you're on the computer, you can click the raise hand button, which will be at the bottom of your screen or you can type your question into the Q&A box. If you do raise your hand in Zoom, we will be able to call on you live to answer a question and unmute your microphone. So uh, please feel free to do that. If you called into the Zoom meeting from your phone, you can press star nine on your phone and that will raise your hand so that we know you have a question. Finally, if you're joining us via Facebook Live, feel free to type your questions in the comments. Eric Bull and our Director of Public Affairs uh, is going to be monitoring the comment section so that we can ask those questions to Mike and Carolina. Uh, I'll go over those instructions again after Mike's presentation, but uh, for now I'll turn it over to Mike for his uh, PowerPoint. Thank you so much, Spencer. Let's see here, let's get this started here. I'm going to share and make big there we go ladies and gentlemen once again thank you for joining us today uh i'm with the small business administration the sba and we're going to be going over the topics of the uh, as we like to call it in the office the triple p program or the ppp program for the farmers and ranchers in our area so with that being said we're going to jump into this there's a couple of things in the program right now that are available. We have the first draw is what they're referring to is uh, last year in 2019, March uh, 27th, the CARES Act was signed in order to help small businesses during the 
short shutdown we were going to have. That keeps going on and on, doesn't it, guys? And also, you'll be able to get uh, increases if uh, some of the new regulations will allow you, you'll be able to get increases on your first PPP loan. I'm gonna go over today basically the difference between the first draw, the second draw and increases. And I'm gonna talk a little bit about the Schedule F. So who's eligible? For everybody out there, any partnership, seasoned employer, farmers and ranchers. Now they're all eligible for the first draw. Your 501C3, 6 and 19 organizations are also available at the, at the, uh, for the first draw. Now, for increases, you must have had a, a first draw, obviously, and it's called a reapplication. Eligible borrowers that fully repaid the first loan also can be in there. Somebody paid their loan back and then they decided, you know, well, I really do need that. Some people paid back part of their draw that they had been approved for. Example, uh, I was approved for $100,000. I didn't think I was gonna need $100,000. So therefore I, uh, I, I returned $50,000 and used the other 50. Now I realize that we've been closed down for almost a year now that I need the other $50,000. And of course, borrowers who did not accept the full amount would also be able. Also, a lot of people that we're walking into or finding across the district is, um, I got a PPP loan, but due to the changes we're fixing to go over, I didn't realize I could qualify under my Schedule F for any money because I didn't have a net profit. And those people are allowed to come back and get an increase. The one caveat to it is the highlighted part, it says SBA is, uh, is not, it has not remitted forgiveness of the payment. So if you have a PPP loan and you've applied for forgiveness, then you're not gonna be eligible for a increase in your loan. Because once we forgive a loan, we're not gonna go back and reopen the books on it. Uh, unfortunately, that's a hard line in the sand. I've had numerous calls about uh, individuals who realized they could have got an increase, but they had already turned in their paperwork. And then only to have the bank find out, whoops, it's already been approved. Um, there's, there's nothing we can do at this time about that. So if you've already been approved for your first PPP loan on the forgiveness, then you can't ask for an increase, but you are gonna be eligible for loan two. So what is the first draw? For you that uh, may not have paid attention the first time it came out or maybe asking questions, what is it? The first draw was, it was based off of that March, uh, uh, or March uh, 27th CARES Act that was passed in 2020. And that made it for people to get eight uh, weeks of wages to help them out to keep their employees paid and to keep their business open. And that has bloomed into what we're doing today. It includes farmers, ranchers, nonprofits, many other types of businesses. So we're gonna be covering that with the first draw. Your expenses also can be covered in it and your wages. Now you can pick anywhere between eight and 24 weeks. Your PPP loan is going to be based on eight weeks, though. So it doesn't matter if I pick 24 weeks to spend the money. Uh, I'm only going to get eight weeks of wages or salaries or, or in my calculation. That's what we're going to base everything on. So it doesn't matter how many weeks you pick to spend the money. Well, then why would I need more than that, Mike? Well, some people got expenses that sort of roll in and roll out, and they want to cover them through that. Uh, 
You must have been in business before February 15th, 2020. That is a, that's a deal killer. You got to be in business in order to get a PP loan on the first draw. And the reason I'm going over his first draw so much is you have to have been approved for a first draw before you get a second draw. So the program right now is scheduled to end March 31st or until the appropriation has been exhausted. I will give you all an update that I didn't have time to put in the PowerPoint. Uh, as of Monday, I know it's been a while in our lifetime here, but Monday we had 100 billion spent of the 228 billion. So we're about, uh, got about probably 65% left to spend. And uh, this time it's going a little slower than it did the first time, but that's where we're sitting at right now currently, current levels. The PPP first draws. Now you'll be, if you're eligible and you meet all the criteria, you can get a loan up to $10 million. You must spend 60% of your loan for wages and a maximum of 40% for expenses. This gets a little confusing sometimes. If you want to spend 100% of the money for your wages, that's fine. You, you can do that. The 40% is there to allow you in case you need to cover some expenses associated with wages. And we'll allow you to spend that money. Uh, for most borrowers, the maximum loan amount on the draw is based off their average monthly from 2019 payroll. Uh, cost up to, again, $10 million. So your second draw and your first draw are going to be based off your numbers of your wages. Now, the difference between the first draw and the second draw is the application form 2483. And when I get to the second draw, you're going to see that number is going to be 2483-SD. That means second draw. So be sure you got the right form and get it completed. Now, to be eligible for that, you didn't remember, I know this is going to be throughout the PowerPoint, but you did not receive a first PPP loan. Well, I got an idle loan. Am I still eligible? Yes. Idle loans are not PPP loan. And idle is that E-I-D-L disaster loan that come from the SBA. So if you got one of them, you're okay. The covered expenses, the biggest thing that they got in there that they've expanded from the first round is the fact they're also uh, work protection expenditures. If you had to buy a mask and, and gloves and cleaner, hand sanitizer, you had to put up you know, the plastic uh, screen between your cashier and your customers. Anything like that, we're gonna cover this time. First time we didn't, but you're getting first time loan. Today, you've got those expenses you can count in there and cover. Now, with the second draw, the big caveat there is you gotta have a 25% reduction in your gross receipts. So in order to qualify, you had to have a first PPP loan, you gotta have 25% decrease in gross receipts. So for most borrowers, the second draw is gonna be figured at two and a half times the average monthly 219 or 2020 payroll cost, up to 2 million. Now, when, when we're figuring this out and we got the payroll cost, we're talking about your actual payroll cost. And if you're a sole prop, it's gonna be off your schedule F, which I'll go into in a minute. That is the money that we're talking about paying you. Now, you may have, expenses associated with your wages, but we're not gonna, we're not gonna cover those. We're just gonna give you two and a half times your wages and you can use part of that money to pay your expenses. So that's, that's how that number comes up there. Now, if there's anybody out there listening that's any kind of accommodation or food service, the National American Industry Standard Size Code starts 72. 
then you can go up to a maximum of three and a half percent your wages on two months are in course capped at $2 million. So see the second draw we're capping at 2 million. The first draw was 10 million. Again, your second uh, application is gonna have to be completed on the SBA form 2483 SD. So there's two applications, the SDs for the second, the one with no SD after it, I, you know, just 2483 is for the uh, original first draw. The second draw eligibility, pretty much the eligibility is the same across both of them. There's no changes in that. The only big criteria here is, is the fact that you had to use or will use your first PPP loan in those funds that were dispersed. Now, before you get a second uh, PPP loan dispersed, you have to use those funds. I know there's been talk out there and misinformation that you had to have forgiveness of your first PPP before you can apply. That is not correct. You can apply for your second draw or second triple P loan if you've already spent the money. So if I got the money in May 1st, 2020, and my I went eight week period, that would have been June 26th. Now, if I've spent those funds during that period, I'm eligible to get a second PPP loan if I meet all the criteria, which is I cannot have more than 300 employees and I must demonstrate at least 25% deduction reduction in my gross receipts between comparable quarters. Now the comparable quarters, again, there's been some misinformation out there. That is calendar quarters, just like the IRS, because you gotta remember this program is an association with the treasury department and the treasury department has determined that, you know, they won't go off of calendar quarters on all of that. So they gotta be comparable. So January, February, March, April, May, June, so on and so forth, has to compare with your 2019 to 2020. You can also compare the fact of your annual, if you're, especially if you're a sole prop, you can take your annual receipts from 2019 and compare them to 2020. Well, Mike, we hadn't filled out our taxes yet. They're not due till April, I understand that but you should have some idea of some financials where you're at on your receipts and you will be required to complete your schedule F uh, form or if you've got a, a C business, you're gonna have to complete it. Doesn't mean you have to file it, but you have to have it completed and you wanna be as close as you can to being accurate. For this process, whether it's draw one, draw two, the process is gonna be the same. I just wanted to show you all a little bit of this on this uh, slide here. Uh, when you find, you got to find a PPP lender. We're doing this through our banks. And in my Kansas City district area of half of Missouri and, and part of Kansas, we got, excuse me, we've got part of teleworking from home nowadays, guys. I'm sorry. Um, you got to find your lender. And we have over 600 certified lenders out there that are doing the PPP loans. If you're in an area and you don't have a lender, you went to your local bank and you went to the Mike McCorder Bank and Trust and we said, nope, we're not doing PPP loans. Then you can go on to sba.gov backslash lender match, put your information in and it'll pop up. The lenders will contact you. But I want to assure you one thing. We're doing this program locally. So you're not going to probably get a call from uh, Burbank, California, if some lender wanting to talk to you. So you can do that. Once you find your lender, you complete the applications. Remember, there's two applications, the 2483, the 2483-SD. You will, you will complete that application, include the supporting documents, 
and then you'll get it in there to the lender. You'll hand it to them. There's a lot of resources out there. The Farm Bureau has been kind enough. I know they're helping and trying to put on events like this and learn yourself and also staying on top of this. So you got a lot of resources you can go to to find people to help you. I would say at this point in time, I wouldn't pay somebody three or $4,000 to fill out my application. We have these applications down to where it's fairly simple and I can do it. I feel comfortable most everybody else can. Once the application completed, you got it to your lender, they submit it to the SBA. SBA is gonna review it. Now the first round, if you received a, a PPP loan the first round, you, you talked to your banker, you gave him his application, probably the next day when you got up, the banker called you and said, your loan's approved, come on in, we'll give you the money. This time we're doing a whole lot more, or we're doing more checking and more verification of the applications to cut down on the fraudulent uh, aspect of the PPP program that was taken advantage by people who are who just criminals. So it won't be a fast turnaround time this time. It may take a couple of days. So uh, patience is the key on that. So once you do it, you got it done, you're through. Again, the deadline is March 31st or when the appropriation fund is exhausted. Uh, you know, Congress, the first time we did this, we had a deadline, they extended it, they gave us more money. So I don't anticipate us running out of money. I don't anticipate us Congress not giving us more money or I, I believe they will extend the deadline too. Here's the form y'all all probably tuned in for today. This is your Schedule F profit and loss. Everybody's probably seen this. I pulled up the 2020 form. I feel like it's pretty comfortable to the 2019, but just for grins and giggles, I got it on here. This is just an overview, it sort of stretched out. And so I'm gonna break it down for you a little bit. The first time we did the PPP program, we required you to use the bottom line for your net. This time we're going off your gross line nine. Now, when you go off your gross, we're gonna max you out at 100,000 annually. So I've got my farm out there. I come in and I've come down here to my gross number nine. When I get down there, I'm at $148,000. I'm only gonna be limited to 100. And 100,000 is what we do is we divide it by 12, comes out to like 833. We multiply that times two and a half, comes out to $20,853.33 and change. That's your max loan. That's the most you're going to get. Now, if you're a sole prop, so that's the number you're going to be looking at on it. Fairly easy to do. Again, if you hadn't filed your taxes, you're going to need to complete this form. And uh, just heads up, guys. Be as close to accurate as possible because eventually someday somebody might go back and look and see what you actually filed compared to what you gave us to look at. On the second section down here, part two of the farm expenses. Now, if you're running a farm and you've got employees, W-2 employees, not 1099, not the, uh, you know, uh, Joe Billy Bob was coming through town. I gave him a job, come out and help me, uh, do some hay and stack some hay for me and I paid him for a couple of days. No, it has to be an employee that you pay W-2s on. You either file a 941 or you file a 943 on them, appropriate for whatever scenario you use. If you have those employees, then you can go in here to line 15, 22, and 23 and calculate them to help you with your uh, wages that we talk about. So those wages can be added and you can, have, you can have employees being paid on this program too, along with yourself. I put a red line here for y'all. Line 34, that's what we used to go off of net. We don't do it. 
Now, just real quick, because I know some of you out there have got Schedule F, Schedule C's. Schedule C, we're still going off of net. Only the farm and ranch Schedule F form do we allow you to use gross. No other taxes, no other forms, no 1120s, nobody else do we do it. Only for the farmers and ranchers will we use the gross. Now, a couple of things here. Uh, I've got a couple of question stuff out here that seems to be you know, going on. Now, the CARES Act provided PPP loans are available only to applicants who were in operation on February the 15th. Uh, some of you were in the process, uh, you're building, I'm, I'm just gonna use for example, I got a welding shop, a machine shop, and I had a loan at the bank and we were building the building and it's downtown, you know, we're converting in one of the buildings to a machine shop. And I started that process in January, but I didn't open my doors until June 1st for to start doing business. That's not operation. Even though you started the project, you're not in operation. Operation is sales, whether you actually have customers or when you're doing something. So you got to be in business for them. And uh, now change of ownerships and all that, we're going to deal with this too on this. So just to help you in case you had something like that. Now, uh, if you had a change of ownership, uh, the answer would be yes, you can get one. If the operations from the old business was in effect on February 15, 2020, and certain criteria are met. The biggest one is the people who sold you the business did not uh, apply for a PPP loan. So if they didn't apply for one, you'll be eligible to apply for a one now, which would be your first draw. If they applied for one, we are working and it's being addressed in, in DC headquarters is what we refer to it as. They realize that there's a lot of businesses out there that changed ownerships during this pandemic. And the first person that owned it got a PPP loan. Now the second person has it. And as y'all all well know, uh, we're still shutting down a lot of the areas, maybe not in your area, but in a lot of areas we are. They're addressing that problem they have. The issue is the fact that we go off of tax ID numbers. And so if I sold uh, Carolina, my business, everything's under my tax ID. And when I sold a business, everything went under her tax ID. So she, when she goes down to apply, it's gonna go, uh-oh, that's not that's the wrong tax ID because this company was under my tax ID now, what's the deal? We're working on that and we're trying to get that fixed. So let's go over the thing about the entities and, and gross receipts, including PPP. The amount of forgiveness of the first draw on loan application, which were not subject to federal income tax. So if, if you're looking at your gross receipts, the reason I put this in here is a lot of people out there said, well, I got my PPP program in May. So, you know, April, May, and June's a quarter. So I got to add that to my gross receipts. The answer is no, you do not add that to your gross receipts because the bill they signed in January eliminated the IRS from taxing the PPP program or the idle uh, advance. So since they're not federally taxed, they don't go in your gross receipts. I put in here, this is just my notes in there, I put in there, I know a lot of you might've received help from the USDA, maybe the state of Missouri, and some of you outside the other states might've received some uh, grant money or help. Even local partners have given grants out. 
it has to be exempt from the IRS federal tax. Now, I'm not a tax person. Nobody from the SBA office is going to be a tax person. We're only going to tell you about our program and what we know. So you would have to check that. If it's taxable, it goes into your gross receipts. If it's not taxable, then we don't count it. And that's the biggest thing because there was a lot of questions about that. And that could stop you from being or keep you from being below that or you having that 25% reduction in your uh, sales. And while I'm talking about that, the 25%, guys, think of that as uh, being in granite right now. Uh, Congress is aware of their mistake and they're trying to uh, correct that in the next stimulus bill whenever that comes out. Because the way the law was written and the way the attorneys and lawyers for the government interpreted, the law said that you had to have a reduction of 25% or more. Most of the times in any accounting practice and even SBA normal 7A loans, if you were 24.65, we would round up to 25%. We, don't, we can't do that this time. So there is no rounding up. It is a 25%. Now, I know a lot of you, and not a lot of you, some of you may have started a business in the early part of 2020 or maybe the late 2019. And your question is, you've heard you got to compare 2019 quarters to 2020 quarters. So I put this question in here with the answers on it to help y'all out on that. If you purchased a business and the third quarter of 2019 or started your business, then you can compare the third or fourth quarter with the 2020 quarters, okay? So if you got that, you can do it. So if the entity was not in business during the first and second quarter of 2019, that's the key, then the third and fourth quarter of applicants can be against any quarter in 2020. So if you start the business, you know, uh, say August, then August 2019, you can take your fourth quarters, which would be your first full quarter in that, in that scenario, you can compare it against any quarter in 2020, all right? Now, well, Mike, you know, we, we didn't start our business till, uh, you know, right there at the end of December, we started our business in 2019 stuff, okay. Your first real quarter is gonna be the first quarter of 2020. You can actually apply that to any quarter in 2020. Obviously, first, you'd have to go to second, third, or fourth. But if you have a reduction of 25% or more, then you can do it So, in comparison to the other quarters. So uh, if you are new in business, we do have a way to get 25% for you. We've made exceptions. Now, if you've been in business 15 years, sorry, guys, y'all are, are quarter to quarter. If you're a sole prop or you're a business in in limited times, but you can compare your annual to annual. So we can come in there and look at 2019 annual compared to 2020. And by the way, I had this question quite a bit last time. 2018 doesn't count. Nothing about 2018 counts. There's nothing. No, you know, well, I I, I did no, doesn't count, doesn't matter. 2019, 2020 is all we're looking at. That's the way the law was written. Now, I'm going to go over a little bit real quick about the PPP forgiveness application and process on that. Now, you must apply. I know this sounds a little funny to some of y'all, especially out there in the country, but you got to apply forgiveness through the, the lender or the bank you went and got your loan at. Uh, you can't go to Mike McCorder Bank and Trust and head down there to Carolina Bank and Trust and get your forgiveness done. 
Go back to the same one. Uh, some of the updates to the uh, Economic Aid Act is what they call the last one signed. We've had the CARES Act, Flex Act, the Mini Act. We got the Economic Aid Act. They all got little names to them. So the last bill they, they uh, signed, they did away with the idle advance. Now, some of you may be going, I don't know what that is. I don't, never heard of that. That's okay. SBA Disaster has a program that is called the EIDL, the E-I-D-L that's up there. That's Economic Injury Disaster Loan. That was given, and you can apply for one today. It's open till March or December 31st, 2021. You can go in there and apply if you've been affected by the COVID shutdown and all that. You can apply for a disaster loan. I'll tell you, that's a loan. During the first part of the 2019 after the CARES Act, they came out and said, anybody applying for help in the disaster program, this was before the CARES Act was signed. They came out and said, okay, here, we're going to give you some money. And the CARES Act came in and said, you're right, we're going to give you up to $10,000 as a grant or advance. That's what that's talking about. We no longer deduct that from the PP forgiveness. Some of you applied for forgiveness last year and had that money deducted from you, $1,000, $10,000. Well, what's going to happen? We're just now, we, I've talked to lenders, we're just now starting to see that money starting to trickle in. Nothing you have to do to generate. Because the law changed, we had to go back in our system, find everybody we deducted money from, and then start giving them money back. And that's coming through your lender. That will be your lender will hand out the money to you with also interest. So you'll get that money back. Uh, expenses paid with the PP funds are, again, federal tax deductible because we're not taking any tax out of that. Mike, I don't understand that. Well, if if I have a, uh, a little shop downtown and I've deducted my rent for that shop, then I can, I can use that as part of my PPP. Well, now when I fill out my taxes, I can still count that rent in my expense column, even though we the PPP program paid for it. So that's a big one. Uh, we expanded the forgiveness expense, you know, permits, uh, to be able to cover, you know, additional expenses. Like I said, hand cleaners, stuff like that uh, is eligible now. And so you got permissible use of uh, expenses that would not be associated with wages like before. We also came out with a simplified forgiveness application of a PPP loan of 150 or less. I got a loan for 155,000, no, 150 and less. And it is a very simple application. Take advantage of that. Uh, forgiven PPP loans are not federally taxed. Guys, I, I, that's, that's the biggest thing come out of there. It's gonna help you the most in your pocketbook at the end of the year. So just remember that. Now, uh, Mike, you've covered a lot of information here today. It's, 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 you know, my head's swimming. I don't, that's fine. We have web pages, and the biggest thing is sba.gov or home.treasury. Both pages have the same information. There's not one got different or anything like that. Again, we're doing this in association with the Treasury and SBA. So if you have questions or you want to see something, all the information is on there. All the frequently asked questions, all the forms, all the documents, all the IFRs, the rulings, the guidance, Everything's out there. If you want to read about it yourself, you can be welcome to do that. And you can go in there and find out. I also put down here, because I've had many calls from several people in the area, 
there is a report fraud to the OIG. OIG, we have a lot of acronyms. OIG stands for Office of Inspector General. <clears throat> Sorry. Office of Inspector General. And then on the webpage, you can go in there and you can fill out a complaint if somebody you think used your information to get a fraudulent loan. There's also the PDC suspected idle fraud. If you had an idle loan or you got information, I got an idle loan, but you didn't apply for one. You can also both web pages. I will tell you if you expect you expect fraud, if somebody stole your information or got a an idle loan or a PPP loan that you didn't get, please always contact your local law enforcement agencies and let them know too, because they're probably working on cases in your area too. There may be more than just you out there, so let them know, please too. Now, just some of the big talk, you know, takeaways, the top takeaways from this. The biggest thing is the bars can select a cover period between eight and 24 weeks. I like 14 weeks, I can use it. Okay, we've extended the PP eligibility and how funds can be used. So we, we the extension of the eligibility came in with the 501C6, which is basically like Chamber of Commerce's and small media outlets. So that's the expansion. Everything else pretty much, if you're a farmer, you're eligible. If you're a small business owner, you're eligible first round, second round, it's pretty much the same. Uh, offer the second loan options for the hardest hit small businesses. Now that, that would have been more in line when we first started the program. If some of you have already got a loan or something, you're looking at stuff. The first PPP loans were only open to small community banks, banks under, uh, you know, like 500 million asset. And then they were able to help the borrowers in their community. That's where that comes in. Allow deductions for expenses. I think I've covered that completely. You can, it's almost, you can find a reason to do it. I do want to reiterate guys, seriously use as much of it for wages. You don't have to worry about the expenses. Uh, the simplified forgiveness form uh, to include PPE loans up to 150. If you applied for forgiveness before this law went in in January, if you applied last year, like in August, you had a form was the same form, but it was limited. It was only $50,000 loans were allowed to use it. Now you can use up to 150. And that's a real number in our area. 86% of the PPP loans should be able to submit on that form because of the loan size. There's no longer a subtraction for the idle advance. That makes it simple, easy to figure out. Uh, new programs out there, just touch on them real quick. Um, I'm gonna get through this so we can get to your question and answers is the uh, targeted idle advance. That's you that receive that idle advance back at the 1st of March, April, May, right in there in June maybe. If you receive one of those, the loan was based on $1,000 per employee. Well, I'm a single sole prop farmer, I got $1,000. Now they're going back through and they're going back to you and giving you the full 10. <coughs> so you'll be able to, <clears throat> you'll be able to get your full 10 if you meet the criteria. Again, 300 or fewer, you've got to be in an economic depressed area, in a low income community. I know that these emails have already gone out because I've had a lot of individuals call in our office and emailing us, Carolina and myself, and they're saying, is this legitimate? Do I need to respond? If you get an email about it, it's called Target Advance, and the email address that you return to has you know, the back, the, the end part of the email is sba.gov. It's legitimate. 
If it's SBA.com, no. If it's MichaelMcCorder.com, no. Don't send them information. SBA.com. Always reach out to our office. If you're not sure about it, you want to double check, we'll be glad to check for you and let you know. For those who applied for the idle, you're going to receive your full amount as you target in, and we'll keep working that way forward as we work out. There's a limited amount of funds available for that. Again, here in bold letters, the SBA will reach out to you. You don't have to call us. You don't have to send us emails. You don't have to do anything. We're going through, and we're going through systematically and getting to you. So when you get that, you'll be able to provide the information they require. Uh, the SBA, also the 7A, the 504, and the microloans. I put this in here that uh, we're doing assistance. So if you have an SBA loan, you should have received some notification that your SBA loan payments are gonna be made for you again. If you've had that loan a little while, you went through the first period, you had your loan payments, we're doing it again. Now they'll send you a letter, they'll, they'll let you know about it. If you have any questions, you don't need to contact us, contact the lender where you got the SBA loan. And I'm not talking about PPP loans, I'm talking about I got a construction loan to build that uh, workshop that I run that uh, machine shop out of, or I got a SBA loan to buy that uh, press or that any equipment, or I got a work capital. All those loan type loans like that, we're gonna do that for you. So that's the debt relief part of this section. I'm gonna go into question and answer before I do though, there's a, another topic I'd like to point out to y'all that's out there listening guys. Currently right now is one of the greatest times to get money to start a business from the SBA through a bank. Now, the reason is, is because with this program that came out until September 27th of 2021, we're waiving all of our standard guarantee fees. Well, what, what are you talking about, Mike? When you go down and buy a home and you get an FHA loan, you have a fee attached to it. It's a funding fee. It's a you know, or insurance fee, however you want to call it, there's a fee attached to it. When you go down to the bank and they do an SBA loan, there is a funding fee attached to it. That's how we collect all the money, put it in a pot and pay for the bad loans. And it doesn't cost the taxpayer, you, any money. We are one of the few agencies that are self-funded on paying out our debts. So I think there's been three times in the history since 1953 that Congress has actually had to put money in there to pay for bad loans. So that being said, that fee is being waived between now and September. Also, as we all know, interest rates are down. And I know several that I worked on personally, I've been with the agency a long time. I know several small businesses that I got acquainted with that started their business like in 08, 09, 10, when the financial crisis was hitting. And they're some of the strongest small business owners I know because they learned how to operate in a lean time and they knew what was up against them. And so when they got to the, you know, land of plenty, they still operate as though there's a lean time making more money for them. So I strongly urge anybody that was thinking about starting a business and goes, well, it's COVID, you know, I just don't know. I, and it depends on the business you're trying to start. I mean, if you're, you're wanting to run a, uh, you know, a, a place where you have a bunch of people in it, then you probably don't. But there's a lot of businesses out there that you can start and provide service during this time. There, You may think of something that Man, if we only had this in town, you know, people would use it. Okay, there you go. Do it. But reach out to people. And at this time, I'm going to stop sharing my screen and turn it back over. And we can start some of these questions and answers that you folks might have. 
All right. Thanks so much, Mike. That was a very informative presentation. I know uh, several on the call will appreciate the insight you've provided. Just a reminder, if you do have a question, if you're joining us on Zoom, you can type your question into the Q&A box uh, or raise your hand. Both of those buttons are going to be down at the bottom of your screen. Uh, if you're on the phone, you can press star nine and that will raise your hand so we know to call on you for a question. Also, if you're joining us today via Facebook or other social media platforms, feel free to type a question in the comments and we'll be monitoring those for uh, the future Q&A. Um, we do have a question in the Q&A from Bill McLaren. Um, Bill, I'm going to unmute your microphone so that you can ask your question. Give me just a moment. Okay, Bill, can you hear me? Bill, we're not hearing you. Yes, oh, are you still with us? All right, sounds like Bill may be having a little connection trouble, but he did type his question in the Q&A. So Mike, I'll read that to you. Bill okay. says, I had multiple entities that had PPP. Yes, ma'am. Oh, are you still there, Bill? Sorry, technical difficulties. <laughs> That's, I, it's like a while ago, I had to get up and let the dog out. I, <laughs> uh, no, so, you know, it happens. It happens. So Bill's question, I had multiple entities that had PPP loans. One was forgiven, two have not. Only one had a 25% loss that was eligible. He submitted paperwork on that one and it has been in two for two weeks. Does he need to do something differently? He has not done one for the farm. So the second question is, is he still eligible as a Schedule F sole proprietor? The other entities mentioned are S-Corps and an LLC with different partners. Okay. Bill, it's going to be real critical as to <clears throat> now the LLCs and stuff like that, whatever you had that had the 25% reduction, that, that business, you, you put the application in and you're in there two weeks. And that's why I said in that presentation, we're taking a little time and and we just rolled out a new aspect to the portal that the lenders use. I mean, literally rolled out this morning at 6 a.m. We told all the lenders about it yesterday. We're trying to cut that time down. Unfortunately, and to give you an idea, and everybody out here, we've got probably somewhere around six and a half to eight million applications for PPP loans that we're working with. And we got 17 million in the idle program. And SBA is handling all of that not just not just one area, and that's huge. So we're taking a little time checking you, Bill. Don't worry about it. Just stay with your lenders. Going to call you when the money's available. But I check in, you know, maybe every four or five days to see how things going. Now your Schedule F, depending on the three that you applied for, if you applied for any of those that you use your social loan, and your Schedule F is based on your social, then you would have to do an increase if you haven't been forgiven on that social. If you already received your forgiveness on that social, then we're done. But maybe that social is the one that dropped the 25%. You may want to talk to your lender about it and see. Now, if you've got one of those, uh, if it's in an LLC, well, it wouldn't be an LLC. I guess you could list it on the Schedule F, but uh, that's where you're at. That's a little more tricky question, but do reach out to your lender because that's something they can look at your financials bills. I don't, I don't have them right here. They can look at it and determine it. And if they don't quite understand about the Schedule F and stuff, have them reach out to the SBA. We'll be glad to talk to them. 
Okay, great. Thanks, Mike. Um, we actually have also a Sharon Schnook who has raised her hand. So Sharon, if you'll give me a minute, I will unmute you so you can ask your question. Sharon? All right, Sharon, are you there? Yes. Perfect. Okay, go ahead. How would this affect an LP? How would this affect an LP? What in reference to what? How, what effect? Of uh, these programs an LP entity. It, it depends. Uh, you, you're referring. What? What are you calling an LP entity? What is that? I'm sorry, Shane. We have we have uh, Snook Family Farms LP. There's five members in it. Yeah, limited partnership, right? Oh, a limited partnership. So you're an LLC with an LP instead of LLC. I'm sorry, I'll get I'll get my head back on. I'm a little old, guys. I hang with me. Uh, okay, you can still do it under a limited partnership or a co-op. Even if you had a co-op, we're allowing co-ops too. Uh, so your limited partnership, you would have to have your tax returns, and you could do it. Now, I will say this: currently, if you file 1120. On that co on that limited partnership, then we're going to go off your K ones. We're not going to allow you to use a Schedule F that's attached to it. The Schedule F can only be used if it's under a 1040 for the gross. That that doesn't matter if it's a 1065, whatever. It's only under 1040 currently. Now, also I've had several questions too, and I'm just going to bounce off of the, that one. Schedule E is not eligible in any form or fashion, no matter where it's at. So, cause I know a lot of people use schedule E to rent out part of their field or part of, they do have a crop deal that they're doing renting. Uh, no, we don't count that. But your limited partnerships, your limited liability companies, your, uh, gosh, I think the professional limited liability company, there's a lot of those uh, that, that the states allow. Any of those are eligible for the PPP program. All right. We have Amanda Owens. Uh, give me just a second, Amanda. I will unmute your microphone. All right, Amanda, you should be live. Hello. Um, so we just received our PPP money and we were a little confused about how to use it because it can be used for wages. But as a farmer, we don't typically cut ourselves a check, right? Right. So would we need to take that money and just write ourselves a check? And then at the end of the year, 1099 ourselves, or we're just a little confused on that. Could okay. I, I can expand on it. And that's a great question, man. I'm sorry. I didn't, I, I should have thought about that during the presentation. All right. If you're a sole prop, you file your 1040, you got your schedule F on there. You go in and get your PPP loan. How do I document I paid myself? We're really not paying wages in that sense because we replaced your gross revenue is what we went off of. And so by doing that, the only thing that we're going to require SBA as verification is, and there's two ways. If you had, Amanda, a, a company bank account that the money went into, and then you got your personal one, so you got Owens Farm over here that's a business account and you've got your personal business or your personal 
checking account over here. Transfer the money. I always used to say write a check, but so many people nowadays don't even write checks. Transfer the money over, take your two bank statements, show the money went in and the money went out. Uh, you're perfectly okay to do that every month as long as you account for whatever, let's say it's $10,000, put 5,000 over, put 5,000 over, you're fine. We do not track where you spend the money once it's in your uh, checking account. That's number one way. Number two way is, I know a lot of you out there co-mingle your money and don't have a business account. You know, we're just small farm. We're working out here. I don't have, you know, I can't afford that or whatever. You got one checking account. It's the checking account you write your truck payment out of to pay your house rent or your house payment. You buy the kids stuff at uh, Target or Walmart out of it and your business runs through there. All you have to do is get your bank statement showing that money coming in. And then of course, when you fill out the application, you're certifying you did spend it. Uh, there's no way to separate those funds or earmark them. And I'll give you an example so you'll understand too a little better. When I, when I have my three employees and I pay them their paycheck under this PPP program, when I give them that money, I don't have to go to them and say, now show me where you spent that money. So look at it that way. Once the money's in your personal account, I'm done. I don't care where it went to. So you pay yourself 5,000, you pay yourself 5,000 again. That's fine. Some people out there are, are telling people to pay themselves weekly, bi-weekly, every first 15. It does not matter as long as the 10,000 gets from point A to point B, which is your checking account. That's all we want to see that you paid yourself. We don't want to give you the money and you leave it in Owens farm and never give it to yourself because you're going to go out and buy some uh, grain or you're going to go buy some fertilizer or you're going to buy cows, whatever. We don't want that. The money is to help you pay your bills so it keeps you and your family afloat. That's what we're trying to make sure you got money to pay your bills and your necessities. All right. Thanks, Mike. Amanda, did you have a follow-up question? I saw your hand go up again. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure. Can we move it from our... Um business account to our personal account all at once or does it have to be in increments or does it matter as far as sba is concerned it does not matter i would check with my lending institution and see what they guidelines they feel warm and fuzzy about uh again because it's 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 your wage i mean it's your gross or your debt if you schedule c for instance that's your net income i you're right during the year you typically don't write yourself a check every two weeks or every month. That's what I'm saying. Whatever's normal or whatever you think. I would I would check with the bank and make sure that it's okay. But we as SBA have no problem you doing one time. But now that doesn't mean that you did it. Now I can go apply for the second loan because some people are applying for their first loan ever. And then you go apply for the second because I pay myself. You cannot overlap the cover periods, cannot be overlapping. So that's that's the way to do it. I, I would just quick phone call. Hey, uh, Carolina, you know, uh, do you want me to put this money transferred over at one lump sum or do you want me to do it monthly or how do you want me to do it? I think and I, I don't see any reason why you wait longer than eight weeks and you don't have to worry about expenses being a sole prop. It's just going to you. It's just 100 percent. Go to you. Don't have to worry about it. All right, Amanda put in the chat, she appreciated the clarification. So I think we got that one answered. Um, next, we have Ken Anderson with his hand up. Ken, if you give me just a second, I will unmute your microphone. All right, Ken, can you hear me? 
I can actually, this is his wife. I'm asking a question. I really Hi. just wanted to know where to find um, this, but I have found it on already on Facebook Live. I'll have to show it to my husband though, because he doesn't have Facebook. Of course, uh -oh. the farmers, you know. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. No worries at all. We will have, uh, for those of you who are watching, um, we will have the recording available on our social media channels and we'll send a copy of that out in our weekly newsletter, which will go out tomorrow afternoon. Um, I don't see any more questions at the moment. Remember, you can, oh, there we have one. Uh, Terry Schweppe, give me just a second and I will unmute you. All right, you may have to unmute your microphone on your end as well. Okay, can okay. you hear me? Am, am I on? You're on, yes, sir. Okay, okay. I thought I just waited till the last end just to, I thought maybe someone else would uh, maybe answer my question maybe or whatever, but uh, just to clarify, uh, if we didn't, uh, uh, I guess, uh, apply the first go around because we was basically either, uh, 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 I guess we were thinking that it would be actually added to our gross income at the end of this coming year or, or last year. Uh, we didn't want to be, uh, you know, double whammied, I guess, as far as uh, uh, increase on our income or whatever. Uh, this year, if we would want to apply now, uh, we would basically have to just go back to our 19 and uh, basically show a 25% reduction on a quarter from our 19 to our last year's 20 uh, quarter to be able to apply? No, not correct, Terry. If okay. you didn't apply for the first PPP, you're gonna be in the first draw. Okay. You have to apply for the first one to be in the second. So if you didn't, for whatever reason, maybe a lot of the farmers out there couldn't apply the first time because we went off that net down there, the red section of the schedule up I had highlighted. Right. By going off your gross, and you know your taxes, you've seen them, you've done them year and year and year. Your gross is always enough to cover and give you something to be able to get money for. So if that's where you're at, then your your new loan is going to be phase one or draw one or stage one or whatever you want to call it, but it's going to be your first loan. That has nothing to do with that 25% eligibility. The oh, good okay. news is, Terry, once you do that, after your eight weeks to 10 weeks expired, then if they extend the program, you can come in and apply for your second. Oh, okay. PP loan, okay. See, but we got to have a first one before we can get a second one. So you're in your situation, the one you described, you're going to be applying for a first round PPP loan and you'll be able to get that through the bank and they'll go off your tax return for 2019. Okay. So we would still use our 2019 uh, taxes, we would not our 2020, correct? Yeah, I, I, I'm just speaking out. Yeah, I believe you can probably use either one of them. Theoretically speaking, I believe you can use both of either one of them because we're all this far away into 21 already. I'm just typically, okay. I think of myself, I don't fill out my taxes. I'm sorry till I have to send him money and I want that to be as far into April as possible. So uh, <laughs> no, I'm sure you're not the only one. <laughs> yeah. So that is a great, and that's a great point Terry made there too, guys. Uh, a lot of people were a little worried about that tax implication. And with this now changing and you don't pay any tax on your PPP loan. So 
uh, you know, that that's great because I know most programs like the stimulus checks and all that sometimes come back to bite us because then we start filling our taxes and it goes, Oh, you got a stimulus check. And then it, it's really nice that it's not going to do that, but I highly recommend that and uh, get that into the bank and get you started Terry. And hopefully they extend this thing out to probably July and you'll be able to get a second one. Great. Looks like Amanda Owens um, has another question. So give me just a second. I will unmute Amanda. All right, Amanda, you should be back. Um, okay, so would you recommend that, like we just submitted our PP and were approved and got our money. Um, would you recommend that we not apply for forgiveness right away and wait to see if they extend it into June? That way we're still eligible for a second draw. So Amanda, you got your first PPP loan ever. You just got it. Yes. Yeah. You can't, you cannot apply until your cover period has expired. And the reason's very simple. If you, if you got your money, let's say you got your money today for all grins and giggles. You can't go in Monday and apply for the second because your cover period has to go. That's what we're giving you that money for. Remember, we do the multiplication at two and a half. Take your, we took your money, divided by 12, and then multiply by two and a half, which is 10 weeks. But we've multiplied by two and a half. So now you've got to wait till that cover period's over. Otherwise, you'd be getting duplication of benefits for the same period that you applied for. And that would put you exceeding that 100,000 mark that there is on the sole prop on our loans. No matter if you have employees too, I'll say this, that 100,000 is, is accountable for employees and sole props. We don't want to be giving somebody that's got, you know, $300,000 a year income. We don't want to be giving them money based off 300,000. Let's face it, they're not hurting if they're getting W-2 at 300,000 as much as somebody that's, you know, 28,000 annual. So, the law kept it at a hundred thousand. That's where that hundred thousand comes. We're not going to pay anybody wages over a hundred thousand based on the 12 month period broke down two and a half months and all that. Perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. Good luck with it too, Amanda. I hope best for you. Mike, I do have a question um, from one of our lenders that uh, had emailed me. Um, they have a customer who has um three different schedules, Schedule F, Schedule C, and Schedule S. Uh, the Schedule S is the amount that is the highest income. What do you recommend for them to, um, to use? Because if they use the Schedule S, it doesn't seem like they are going to be able to qualify for the PPP loan. Yeah, the Schedule S, if they're talking about a, a Schedule F and a Schedule E, I don't, off the top of my head, I'm not a tax person to know what's Schedule S. Now, if it's 1120S form that they're using for a corporate, then that brings in a whole new thing. But the Schedule E, again, is not eligible because that's a rental property. The Schedule, schedule F, C, Schedule F and Schedule C, not Schedule, schedule E. F, okay, Schedule F and Schedule C, we're recommending that they combine the Schedule F and C together because there is in the IFR, you're limited to that 20,000, again, that 100,000. So if I'm a sole prop and I have five Schedule C's out here business, I don't get five loans. I'm only going to get one. And so you can start to combine them until you get to 100,000, you're done because you can't get more than that. So you can combine the Schedule C and F together 
or you can have uh, you can I, I I know a guy called in the other day. He's got two farms. He, he one's like a little uh, what do you call it on the side of the road? Little uh, truck or truck Spencer? You probably helped me it's there. A truck. Right? It's a yeah. truck. <laughs> anyway, uh, so he was asking about that. You can only get twenty thousand eight fifty three of the money. Uh, that's all you can get. I mean, it doesn't matter how many schedules you got or how few schedules you got. So you're going to be limited to that, and that's what it's going to be. I'm calculating real quick here because I, I hate it when so I that, so, so if I understand your answer correctly, they won't use that Schedule S along with the Schedule C and F, or they will combine it all together? They'll combine it all together. So you'll be you'll be you're going to be limited. It doesn't matter. You're going to be limited. And that number is 20,833, guys. I'm sorry I kept saying 853, 835. It's 20,833 is the maximum loan you can get on the PPP program as a sole prop or as a partnership or as uh, having a business and uh, and you got 20 employees. You, the owner, and your employees get theirs, but everybody's capped at 100, including you. Now, does that make sense, Spencer, or is that? Yeah, I, I think I've got that, Carolina. Did that answer the question, your lender? Yeah, had? that sure did. Yeah, I just want to because I know we have a few lenders on the on the call as well. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm not seeing any more questions in the queue. I guess we'll do the last call for questions. Remember, you can raise your hand in Zoom uh, or type your question in the Q and A. Uh, if you're on Facebook, please type that in the comments. Uh, I know that our Facebook uh, live folks are on just a little bit of a delay, I think by about 30 seconds. So we'll just give it a couple more minutes, but just Mike and Carolina on behalf of Missouri Farm Bureau, um, we really wanna thank you for your time. And it does look like we have more questions coming in. Um, so give me just a second and I will unmute Amanda. Okay, Amanda, you should be live. Hey, sorry, it's me again. Hey, <laughs> you're fine. That's what we're here uh, for. Amanda, um, I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you a bill, Amanda, for going over your uh, limit on questions. Go ahead. No, I don't need any more of those. Okay. Um. So you said the max that a sole prop can get is twenty thousand eight thirty three or something like that. Yes, ma'am. So if we already received the twenty thousand and some change then like even if there was a second draw later on, we could not get a second draw anyway, like we wouldn't be able to get more? No, 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 for each draw one, for draw two. Draw. Okay. Yeah, that's it. And and by the way, guys, if you, and this is a good, good thing, Amanda, if I got a PPP loan like Amanda did, she got her first loan, I got it though, and I got 18,000. You can't go back to your bank and go, well, Mike said I can get a max of 20. No, that's based on your numbers. I'm saying what your number is going to be capped at is that 100,000. And that translates to a 20,833, exactly, loan amount. So if you got 18,000, that's what your financial numbers calculated out to. It doesn't mean just because you apply for a PPP loan, you get $20,000. That's, that's not what I'm intending to convey. They're, they're looking at your financials. I don't have them. I'm just giving you parameters to go with. But most all my farm people I've talked to and most all the banks I'm dealing with and all the Schedule S, pretty much y'all get right up there to the point of 100000 for the most part. Yes, I realize there's some that are 50 on the gross receipts and all that. That's fine. Your loan's going to be based off whatever that gross is. 
And I'm just trying to let you know that if you exceed that hundred, doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter if you did 300 or you did a million dollars. Your hundred thousand is your cap. That's as far as we're going to go. And then we're going to break it down and divide it by 12, multiply it by 2.5. If you're sitting out there right now and you're on Facebook or you're on streaming live and you're like, hmm, well, let me look at my tax return real quick or something. You can literally look at your tax return, take your gross, divide it by 12, multiply it by 2.5, and uh, you can you can get there, and that gives you the number, okay? So you just, it's that simple. Take your gross, divide by 12, multiply by 2.5. You'll pretty much know what your loan amount's going to be when you go to the bank. All right, we had a question in the chat, and I know Carolina talked about this a little bit in the chat box, but Jerry Nadler asks, um, talk about the forgiveness of the loans. What are the eligible kind of uses of the money, and, and are the loans always forgiven, or, or how does that work, Mike? Well, most of the time they are. Then occasionally we send the Gambino brothers out, and they come find you, and no. The program's intent is for every loan to be forgiven. Obviously, if you use the funds, if you misuse your funds inappropriately, uh, I got my $20,000 and I'm off to Vegas. <laughs> you know, there's some, there's some issues that you could, get, you could get in trouble for. That being said, most sole props are, the only reason they're going to have a problem is if you overinflated. Remember, you have to fill out your Schedule F for 2020 if you hadn't filed it. If uh, you overinflate it and say, uh, say Spencer says she she got three hundred thousand gross receipts, and we gave her the loan, did the loan, forgave it. A year from now, somebody pulls an audit because we're slow. We'll get to it eventually, and she files her actual tax return, and there's thirty eight thousand dollars in gross revenue for twenty twenty. Yet she turned in three hundred thousand on her one she gave us. Yes, they will come after you. They will come and get the money. That being said, most forgiveness applications, because we no longer deduct idle, if you just don't have something outrageous out there, uh, maybe not using your social security number, most all of them will be forgiven. I'd say the percentage is probably going to be 99.6% of all loans will be forgiven. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, you don't have, uh, oh, real big one, big one, big moment, I forgot. Uh, you know, if, if your expenditures, that's why I always say spend it on yourself if you're a sole prop. Don't try to itemize out and spend. And I know some people in accounting and stuff say, oh, you got to use 40. Put it all yourself because that's where you're going to get in trouble is maybe you spend it on the wrong expenditure. Even though we've opened that up, you know, we can't buy inventory. We can't buy seeds. We can't buy hay with it. And if that's what you put down you did, then we're going to, when we get the forgiveness application, it's going to say, hmm. He bought, he bought seeds. Nope, it, that part's ineligible. And we'll deduct that from the forgiveness amount. So if you're a sole prop, gold nugget time to put it all into you and don't worry about expenses because that's your money. If you're a business or you're a farmer that has employees, you got a big operation, keep up with it. Of course, you'll have accounting, you'll have bookkeeping. I'm talking to the guys like me that, you know, I come home, I go work, do the things. I fill my taxes out, like I said, it'll be probably March before I even start looking at them. But I fill it out and do it. They don't, they, you know, I know I got money over here and I know I got to pay this. I know I got to go down, you know, all that is that stuff. But just pay yourself is the best way to do it. 
So he has a, a following up question on this. Can he um, can can it be paid on existing farm loan and loan on uh, I? No, you cannot pay the loan. To, it has to be paid to yourself. Yeah, just pay it to yourself, Jerry. That's the easiest way to get around that, Jerry, because now you're getting into the fact of you can only pay interest on any mortgage. So now are you just going to pay the interest on the land? Uh, that's what I'm talking about. That's that's a good takeaway, Jerry. Thanks for that. But that that's that's the point here, guys. The exercise today is if you're a sole prop, just give money to yourself. Then what you do with it, remember, I don't track it. I don't need to keep up with it. You can do what you want to with it. It's your money. So do that and make it a little easier for you. All right, we had a question come in on Facebook. Um, I'm gonna turn so I can read it here. So I apologize if I look away. Um, <laughs> Melinda asks for a first time first time filing the Schedule F. So a farmer who's filing a Schedule F for the first time, how should they go about applying for the program and how does that work? They had to be in business before February 15th, 2020. All right, again, you go back over those numbers. If, if they were in business, and can show operations. So you're going to, have to come up with some way, especially a farm, depends on what kind of farm it is. I know there's many different things, but you know, uh, if you did you did you just get the land and you started putting your crop in, maybe you inherited the land, you married into a family, they gave you some land as a wedding gift and y'all are starting. I don't know the scenario, don't doesn't matter. But I got to show operations started before 2015 or February 15, 2020. So if that's going to be your first year filing, then you're, you'll be eligible. You just got to show it. And you probably didn't file for the first one, so you'll be in the first round. Uh, some lenders want you to document that a little different. Uh, maybe got receipts from the seed feed or seed or something that you did. Uh, went to the auction, bought the cattle, <clears throat> anything like that. <clears throat> so that'll be a lender, and they'll have to look at the financials to make that determination correctly. My point is... If you were in operation, you're good to go. Uh, but that's it. So, And if you haven't filed your Schedule F and you want a PPP loan, you're going to have to complete the form. You don't have to file it with the tax IRS yet, but you got to complete it so they can have a copy to look at. Uh, again, I want to reiterate one other thing, too. It's SBA and the Treasury, and the Treasury is the IRS, guys. So when you sign that application, I don't want to scare anybody. I'm not here to scare anybody. When you sign it, you're saying that's just like your tax return. I don't care. Uh, you know, Spencer there signs her tax return and, and the CPA screwed it all up. She signed it. She's liable. Not It's her fault, not the CPA. So when you sign that document, you better have that form filled out close. And I, I'm, I understand. I mean, my best example is, I didn't think about my depreciation I was going to be able to take off, or I didn't think about my interest. So my bottom number's a little higher, but that sales number should be fairly close. I mean, I know what I made off that grain this year when I sold it. I don't, that should be fairly, you know, forward, maybe some dollar differences, but not much. All right. Since we're talking about taxes, that's actually, I'm sorry, uh, Spencer. There's a, a question on the tax, um, if the PPP is subject to state tax. Probably. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, again, Spencer, that's where we're coming from the great state of Texas. We don't have that problem. We don't have a, 
income tax. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, Tim Gatch is the one who asked that question. Tim, I'm not sure that the state of Missouri has issued official guidance for employers. I know there is some guidance for um, employees of a business who received a paycheck protection program and that was used to pay their wages. I'm going to make a note to try to get a specific answer for you and I will follow up with you uh, once the webinar is over because I, I don't want to give you the wrong information and I want to double check to be sure we've got it right. So That'd definitely be a good one to reach out to a state representative and ask them, yeah. hey, by the way, and get them ball rolling. Yes, absolutely. Um, I don't believe we have any more questions in the queue, uh, and I know we're going we're going over a little bit over an hour here. So, uh, Mike, Carolina, on behalf of Farm Bureau, just want to say thank you so much for both of your time. Um, I know this has been informative to our members and and to lenders also around the state. Um, we're excited to make this recording available and appreciate the partnership that you all have had in in reaching out to us to try to get this information out to farmers and ranchers. Um, with that, Mike, I'll turn it over to you and. Karen. Carolina, for any closing comments before we let you go. I appreciate it. Carolina, closing words? Um, I want to say thank you, Spencer, and uh, to the Missouri Farm Bureau for hosting us. Um, we definitely, our motto is to help every small business, every farm that we can help. Um, I know there's horrible stories about SBA, but we really are trying to help the small businesses in, um, in the communities that you're in. Thank you, Carolina. I just want to leave everybody with uh, the one thought process that I started off the meeting with is, guys, we couldn't do this without our partnership with, with Spencer and the Farm Bureau, the Missouri Farm Bureau, our local lenders, the banks in your community. Uh, they're the ones that are making it happen. It's not us uh, because this program, there's no way. To give you an idea, in Kansas City, there's like three employees. I mean, we couldn't do, I think the district did one and a half billion dollars in loans out of the first PPP loans. There's no way. I, my hand be like crumbling up stuff. We do it because we have such great resource partners and such wonderful people out there in the community. And I just want you to reach out to them. They're there to help you. Don't pay any outrageous fees for this stuff and uh, get with Spencer and them and anything you can. I thank you very much for your time. I know your time is very valuable. Thank you for paying attention. And I hope that we was able to bring some questions, some answers to you, some things to think about, maybe get you to move off center a little bit and go get that PPP loan. But uh, anyway, if you need anything, always reach out to Spencer and them, and then they can, if they don't got it, they can always reach out to us and we'll help out as much as we can. I do want to add one more thing, uh, Mike, is um, we have our small business development centers, which are located in the, usually in the universities or our SCORE that can help you fill out those applications if you need assistance, if you don't think you can do it yourself. But like Mike mentioned earlier, don't go out paying his CPA or somebody else to fill out this application for you. If you need the assistance, always you know reach out to the Small Business Development Centers. You can Google it, you can go to our web, uh, SBA website to find the closest one to you, um, that they are always very helpful. 
That's great advice and great insight. Well, thank you both again. Um, we will let you go. We've taken up quite a bit of your time this afternoon. Thanks again to all of our members and members of the general public who joined us today, either on Zoom or Facebook. Just a reminder that um, if you're a Missouri Farm Bureau member, keep an eye out for information about our virtual legislative briefing series. Uh, that's gonna continue next Thursday. Uh, you'll be receiving information about that very soon and we hope to uh, have you join us then. Thanks so much, everybody. Stay warm and have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Bye.